Today's guest, Juliane Nowakowski, Head of Sustainability and Corporate Responsibility at Tom Taylor, sitting in Hamburg. When we defined the strategy, I immediately realized it's all about the mindset. If you do not acknowledge yourself that there is, even it can be a small thing or a bigger thing, something which you can change, either it's you personally or contributing to change something, then we really have a problem if people are not aware of their impact. And within the challenge, there were like 14, 15, 16 people and they just had the final pitch two weeks ago. And, you know, I got goosebumps during the presentation because they, these 16 people, not from my department, it was really cross-functional people working on this challenge they understood that they have an impact and they entered the challenge because they were curious. They were um, happy that they got asked to be part of this challenge because it's also a personal development process, which we offered to them. But they really understood that they can be part of the solution. We talked about her background and how she came into the retail industry and also the master fees is an interesting topic on how people evaluate if an organization is the right fit for them or not. And this is also what we talk about towards the end of the episode, plus also all the way how the overall retail industry and textile industry is developing and developed over the past years, plus also the role of sustainability, how her CSR unit is embedded into the overall organization and she found a very smart way on how to raise the awareness of the topic overall and to implement and activate it. So everybody who is into sustainability and also a CSR aspect, this episode is for you. Then you can build trust and then you can spend less time communicating and more time just getting shit done. Then I went home and, and thought about this sentence. We basically put it on the table. Hiring takes time. People are trained. How to objectively judge certain situations. It's very, 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 very hard to change things. That was the learning. Entrepreneurs with empathy. On the people side. Hi, Juliane. So we met at the RC23 Festival in Berlin. It's an recruitment and HR conference. And I remember that you were on a live podcast and I just, I think, passed by and then entered towards the end. And I really felt the energy and I liked the energy. And then I waited and, and came up to you and say, I also want to on my show. And here you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Hi. Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting you there. And Yeah, you're right. It was a live podcast, which we made with Ronja Ebeling, and she just published a book. And the topic was how um, interns or also apprentices can change the culture in companies. Yeah. And I think you are also quite specialized in those areas. Because you did something very special at Tom Taylor and created some initiatives there. And we, we talk about that um, in the podcast soon. But maybe first of all, can you give us a bit more context about yourself, who you are, what shaped you most and what you're passionate about? Thank you. Yes, I'm Julianne. And um, basically, I'm the head of sustainability and corporate responsibility at Tom Taylor. And I joined the company four and a half years ago. And before that, I was working for New Yorker, the big fashion retailer based in Brunswick. And I 
started there making a dual study program and uh, there I was running through different departments and already during my dual study program I was the assistant of COO and so I really jumped into the whole business topics really soon and I love what I do and I never regretted to enter the fashion industry because I'm really passionate about the fashion industry and then it was not uh, on purpose that I entered the sustainability topic. It was more um, a lucky accident, let me call it like this. And I'm really happy that this happened because when I joined um, Tom Taylor, we had a different board. And uh, end of 2019, Gernot Lenz joined the company and he came from PVH. And PVH was quite advanced when it comes to sustainability. And I was at that time working in the strategy department. And Based on this, I got the question whether I can support the respective people who worked in the CSR field at that time to, to define a holistic sustainability strategy. And then, yeah, the whole lockdown came, the pandemic was there and we all were locked at home. And I do remember sitting in my living room, having multiple papers on the floor because I was screening all the competitors. Because if you are late at a as a company, it's also more easy to get inspired from others. And then I really felt in love with the topic. And now, yeah, here we are. It's nice. And how would you describe also that the retail industry shaped and developed over the past years because you you now saw i think two stations for a longer time how how it can work and and what are the um what is the environment and so on so how would you also describe it overall how it developed it's much faster than it has been before so basically you can't compare tom taylor and new yorker from a business model perspective because New Yorker is just a retailer with thousands of stores all over the world. And Tom Taylor is having multiple channels. So it's not only the retail and outlet business, it's also a big wholesale business still. And we have the online business. And so there are really all channels, which you can imagine we are offering. And on one hand, it is definitely more complexity um, and this is also the thing, if you if you have a look at the fast changing market situation, so either it's the lockdown, during the lockdown, we were happy that we have our online business for sure, because then we were still able to sell the goods to our customers. But if you now have a look at how difficult also the online market is currently, mm -hmm. um, having a look at Zalando, about you and so on and so forth, um, it's really a thing that... It's somehow also spreading the risk if you offer multiple channels. And so you have to be agile as a company and you have to be also flexible and open towards new business models. So, for example, coming to my topic, topics like reselling platforms, topics like um, also downcycling, upcycling, uh, offering programs, also something like repair services for the end customer. These are all things that would enlarge our business model, but at the same time, it also brings more complexity to us as a brand. But these business models are things that we can't, yeah, do not consider. And what does this translate into organizational challenges when you have this high competition? I think always you need to compete on 
uh, low margins or keeping the margins up or increasing them even. But now with the whole energy crisis that we had, also some supply chain issues, it's getting not cheaper <laughs> to produce um, goods and so on, right? Not cheaper and not easier, to be honest. I mean, we always try to optimize our business models, but it, for sure, it's not that easy sometimes because some things you can't change. <laughs> I mean, we try to, but it's also a topic about currency um, exchange rates. Also not that easy because if you buy your goods in dollar and then at the end uh, you have a bad rate between euro and dollar, it's also a big challenge. So we as a company, we always try to be open to new things and try to also develop ourselves from a structural perspective. But for sure, some things you can't change overnight. So you have to be patient sometimes. <laughs> and um, in terms of an people strategy do you also see that it's getting more different uh, difficult to um, transform the organization when you going through changes and also in terms of hiring um, do you see it's, it's getting harder or also maybe stores versus cop uh, versus the corporate unit yeah do you see some differences there honestly speaking i can't i can't um, give a feedback in comparison between retail and headquarter because um, I don't have the insights uh, from that perspective. But talking about my business unit, I'm the lucky one, I would say, because people really want to work in this department. People want to work um, in a department where you have a bigger purpose and also in a company where you have a bigger purpose. And for Tomtato, we can say that there is a purpose. And, that's, and what's the purpose? The purpose is really... I mean, we try to develop products which satisfy our customers, but we added the sustainability topic as the fundament of our company strategy. So it's a really, really important thing for us to be also reliable and to get the trust of our customers or to keep the trust, um, let it say it like this. Um, and it's also a thing about, I mean... The purpose is, is really important. And I also offer to other departments, hey, if you if you want me to join your um, application meetings or calls, um, I'm always open to give a bigger picture of the sustainability strategy to make sure that the people really um, get it from the from first um, yeah, point of contact, which they could choose. And yeah, th that's sometimes the case. Sometimes I really join then um, the, the calls or the meetings, which thanks God took place and physically. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, people search for a purpose and we can give a purpose. So we can really see that um, the people are willing to work for us. In case you like my show, please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Yes, definitely. And do you also see that some corporates also maybe say they want to be a sustainable company, but then they are just doing it for the PR and not really living it internally? Um, do you see a risk there that also corporates are trying to do that or even don't maybe try to do it, but end up doing it if, without even knowing? <laughs> 
for sure, both cases are possible. I mean, I don't have the insights from uh, the internal perspective of, of other companies than Tom Taylor and New Yorker. Um, but for sure, I mean, yesterday there was the release of the Fashion Transparency Index 2023. And this index, I mean, sustainability and transparency, it's not the same. But for us, we see transparency as an enabler of being more sustainable. And if you have a look at the overall rating, because I don't know whether you're familiar with this index, but they screen the 250 biggest companies by sales worldwide. And then they have multiple, I think over 200 different criteria, which they try to screen um, based on the information which are available online or mm -hmm. like for, for the public world. And this is always something where we try to improve ourselves because we say, as I said before, transparency is an enabler for us and also making the information about what we do available for everyone, even we like the result or not, is really a thing which we have to concentrate on. Because at the end, if you just publish the information, um, yes, that, that's one opportunity which you can take, but we really take this serious. We really share the information and we are working on it as well. But I'm quite convinced that not everyone is doing like this. Yeah, because sometimes... Um... This is also, I think, when it started, the whole trend, I would say, it's maybe 10, 5, 5 to 10 years ago, um, where the early adopters started. Yeah. And then you always saw it in the press and press and press. And now you see, okay, companies do greenwashing here and there. <laughs> so it's always this transition. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah, it's not that easy. And I mean, there's also a green claim regulation, which is coming up for companies. So there are definitely rules how we as fashion companies have to communicate towards our customers. So that. And what are, are the rules? That's like, interesting. Yeah. Can you give an example on what is different if you're taking it serious versus not on how you communicate with customers, for instance? Yeah, for example, um, based on this regulation, you are not allowed to say anymore, ah, oh, this product is sustainable and don't share any further information. You as a company have to say, what is sustainable? Why is it sustainable? Mm -hmm. Or even, is it really sustainable? Because we always say it's more sustainable fashion because it will never, ever be sustainable because we are still consuming, we still need energy, we still need water, we still need resources and either they are recycled ones or like really raw materials, but you do need materials to create a product. So we always like to say our name of the sustainability strategy is be part and of more sustainable fashion is the subline of this. And then people always ask me, oh, why do you always say more sustainable, more sustainable, more sustainable compared to what? Also when we share figures. So for example, the overall share of our more sustainable products, then they always say, yeah, but compared to what? And then it's always the explanation behind, no, no, more sustainable because, and then I already said. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's also an example in, in Berlin some years ago, <laughs> in the hipster scene, the, um, the avocado was really in. And at yeah. some point it was um, published that it's not that sustainable as everybody thought to eat avocados. And somebody uh, at, at, somehow, at, at some point it was then not in again. And everybody was like, you're eating an avocado? <laughs> yeah, but that's a different topic. So um, 
what I wanted to ask you is about the program you developed internally. Um, also, because you were on the Gen Z podcast and so on, and you are also focusing, I think that Tom Taylor is then on the long term also a, not just a sustainable company in terms of sustainability, but also investing in the right people at an early career stage. Yeah. So what, what's the program um, you built there and you run? Yeah, I mean, we have um, apprentices, oh, this word, I always, uh, I, I hate it, to be honest, um, but we have a program for them and they run through different departments during their um, yeah, practical education at Tom Taylor. And I think it was beginning of this year, or even end of last year, I decided together with our HR department to include the sustainability and corporate responsibility department as a must run through department for them. And uh, it's super great because I just had the first one running through my uh, department and he's really on point. I mean, the younger generation, they don't hesitate to ask questions. They don't hesitate to also share their opinions. And this is really something which is great. And he gave me the feedback at the end of this um, whole two-month session that Entering the department, he had a completely different point of view of what we do because his assumption was, ah, okay, it's a sustainability department. Tom Taylor is offering more sustainable products. Ah, okay, it's just organic cotton and a few different materials. And at the end of this time period, he said, now I understood that you in your department you have a holistic view on the whole strategy and it's much more than just the product. And there are so many different aspects which you're working on. And I was not aware that this is the case. And he shared this information with his colleagues. And so it's like kind of spreading through the company because they don't hide the information. They, they speak about it. Um, they realize something and then they, they want to share it. And that's amazing because also my team, I have two more younger <laughs> colleagues in my team and they are completely the same. They, they really, they identify something and then they point it out. And this is something which I really highly appreciate because this is what we need. We need, do need people who are not just running through the company like this. Um, mm. they, are, they are needed. They are really, um, yeah. How, how big is Tom Taylor now in headcount? Um, all over the world, including retail and so on and so forth, it's almost 3,000. But in our headquarter, we are between 500 and 600 people. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's also, I think, a complex challenge because how do you also make sure that the whole stores and everything that is retail, retail also gets the sustainability aspect of it? I, th I think it's a tough challenge. Isn't it? How many stores do you have? Do you know? Yeah, it's um, more than 400 because the main business is still um, wholesale, but retail and outlet stores basically in Germany, Austria and uh, Southeastern Europe is really a big market for us. Um, yeah, to be honest, it's not that easy <laughs> because, you know, also spreading the information within the headquarter is not that easy because... I mean, my team, we are seven people right now 
plus minus two always because working students, interns, so on and so forth. Two of them are sitting in Hong Kong because they are responsible for the whole supply chain and um, environmental aspects and social compliance aspects. And then the other ones are in Hamburg and they have different topics which they are working on. And I always try to include updates with respect to our B-Port strategy uh, within our town halls. So our board is having regular town halls, so minimum eight per year, where they speak to the entire organization completely internationally, and they share important business topics, also figures about the company. And I always like to include a B-Part update, and then I share um, either it's an achievement which is up to date or basic information like how do we ensure um, that we have safe working conditions in the supply chain. So it really depends. And yes, you're right, to reach the stores, it's not that easy. And I mean, the retail team, which is based in our headquarter, like supporting the retail stores and sharing information, we are right now really uh, highly in touch with them because on one hand we shared like a training document with them to explain okay these are the materials this is the information behind this kind of hang tag so that they know what the product yeah or the materials which we used for the products what about so that's the question and then we try to share documents with them really on point, really super structured and easy, show a hang tech picture and what is the advantage? What might be arguments towards the customer, why they should buy it? But on the other hand, as I said in the beginning, it's much more about um, than just the product. So trying to still share the information about the strategy and what it's about And then on the other hand, give them arguments for our end customer to sell the garments. It's not easy. And what we just did, and um, the survey is still running, we created a survey for all our retail stores and we asked them, hey, guys, we need you. We need you to have the bridge to our end consumers. So please tell us, what do you need from us to have the right arguments in hand? And then we also asked, like, how do you want to have it? Is it a document? Is it a training? Is it a workshop? Is it a podcast? Is it whatever? <laughs> and I'm really curious about the results, to be honest, because I think they might be really different between, for example, um, Germany and also Southeastern Europe, for example, because we ask all of them. And then based on this information, we want to create content for them. And let's see in which way they want to have it. But we try to make it as convenient as possible for them so that they also get more information about us and the strategy. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's cool. And um, a podcast is also a great idea I would recommend. I, I think it's a format that people are now getting used to. It. You just have it on your phone. If you make it um, short enough, people just listen in maybe also during, I don't know, um, a work, work that is maybe more admin heavy just you can also do it right um the only problem is a bit still the analytics side um you could not imagine how bad the analytics is with podcasts so every entrepreneur out there who wants to make podcasting better build a good analytics software i'll buy it immediately 
<laughs> Crazy. So there's nothing uh, existing so far. I yeah yeah of course it is it is but the problem is that it's distrib distributed on YouTube on Spotify on Apple on Google on Amazon on all these um um platforms and to then really get an aggregated overview of the same metrics ah it's not so easy because everybody is or every provider has then different types of KPIs they measure or they or how they define it and then to get the full overview you can never trust the number you always need to check each platform individually and then abstract it by yourself to really get the number yeah so and I also there like, yeah. like also for instance when you compare the youtube um insights because i also have another business on the create in the creator industry where we have a, seen a lot of youtube analytics yeah and youtube i think has the best analytics tool out there i've ever seen you can really measure every second of a video how effective it was and you understand why based on the analytics um and that's good and you can do the same thing with podcasts <laughs> but it's just not there yet in case you have any feedback or anything you want to share with me, please send me an email on thomas at peoplewise.com or hit me up on LinkedIn. And in case you really enjoy the show, please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. So as soon as we try to uh, make our own first podcast, I will ask you to, to share your insights. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And what, what would be also interesting for me, um, what is the success of your department or how, how does it look like when, when you in your department succeed within the company? How, how do you maybe also measure success? <clears throat> it depends. And I would split it into two different parts. So it can be KPIs, which we defined based on or within our company holistic strategy so this can be something so for example how big should be the share of more sustainable produced products so this is something which we can set as a goal but this goal is then defined for the product team and the sourcing team for example and there are much more kpis which we define to achieve really measure um, measurable goals within the strategy but on the other hand for me personally it success can also be something completely different and this is more um, something which is between people so for example we just had a sustainability business challenge running with an external um, company who supported the whole team in creating ideas developing ideas for a challenge question which I gave to them and You know, one of our strategic pillars within the sustainability strategy is culture of consciousness. Because when we define the strategy, I immediately realize it's all about the mindset. If you do not acknowledge yourself that there is, even it can be a small thing or a bigger thing, something which you can change, either it's you personally or contributing to change something, then we really have a problem if people are not aware of their impact. And within the challenge, there were like 14, 15, 16 people and they just had the final pitch two weeks ago. And, you know, I got goosebumps during the presentation because they, these 16 people, not from my department, it was really cross-functional people working on this challenge, 
they understood that they have an impact and they entered the challenge because they were curious, they were um, happy that they got asked to be part of this challenge because it's also a personal development process which we offered to them. But they really understood that they can be part of the solution. And yeah, I really even had uh, tears in my eyes because it was so amazing to feel that my team has now supporter from different departments as well. And they are really into it. We also work on um, getting more specific for these ideas now and to bring them to life one day because here and there there's a bigger investment or a smaller investment needed, but they are still working on it and they are so keen to continue working on these ideas in addition to their daily work. And this is something That's where cool. I thought, wow, now it's like my team plus 16 more people in the company plus maybe um, also the other people who already have been in touch in a deeper sense with the whole topic. And this is what I need. I need to have spreaders and ambassadors in the entire company. And basically this, this happened. Nice. So there's also a podcast episode with Stefan Ries. It's episode number four. He was the C SAP CHO for a long time. And we also talked about the power of cross-functional func teams there. And, I think that's the key, what you just said. They need to see that they can have an impact together as a group. And then they they are so engaged. That's crazy. Yeah? And if you also take down the admin burden of it or and just let them create, wow, you can achieve so amazing results. That's really, it's really great. Yeah, yeah it is. And we also had a positive side effect because they also said Beside this challenge and the ideas which they're working on, they said, you know what? In my daily business, I'm now more efficient as well because I personally know person XY from the other department. And this helps me to be more efficient in my daily work. And this was like, wow, crazy. <laughs> How many positive aspects do we achieve during this challenge? It was really amazing. Nice. And you also did your master thesis in an interesting topic. And I would be interested in your opinion, um, what you think about how organizations can fit to um, individuals. Yeah, Because I think this is the topic you wrote about, right? Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the topic was a person organization fit and how important it is nowadays to also have a good crew internally of an organization and how important it also is for both sides even for the person but also for the company itself so yeah it was really um, interesting because I also made um, a study about it and I made a big survey and it's not that common so far I mean yes we are getting um, in the the whole industry more and more to that point how important it is but For some people, it's still just, oh, I need a job. I need money because I have to pay my rent. I have to pay my, um, I don't know, uh, grocery shoppings and so on and so forth. But for me, and this was also important for me personally when setting up my own team, I really want to have people who are into it, who are really motivated, who are on fire and who like what they do because I'm convinced that only if you really like what you do, you can have a 
bigger impact and you can achieve much more also in a shorter time. And you can also motivate people around you if you are really into what you do by yourself. Mm, that's cool. But what is a guest that I don't know, but you know who I should interview next? Oh, wow. Um, is there something, any specific topic which you have in mind? Maybe also just a person that maybe has a, a very um, specific opinion on everything that can be extended around the, the people topic, because I, I have, I think, three different types of guests in the podcast. Yeah, One are people from the um, HR people department environment, from top executive down to um, experts and leads in certain areas. Then we have experts overall on certain topics that could somehow touch this topic. And then on the third aspect, there are some kind of functional managers, ex executives, um, with maybe with a bigger scope or like you having a lot of touch points with organizations or within the organization, um, where always the, the people factor, that's the name, right? Is super crucial to succeed. Yeah. For instance, in sales, it's also super important that you get this right in product development as well. So you could, you could somehow translate it into every area of a business, but it needs to have some, some edge around it. Otherwise I think it's boring. That's true. So maybe you start, I mean, obviously internally, we have many people <laughs> I could suggest. So I would suggest internally really two people. And on one hand, it's our CEO, Gernot Lenz. And on the other hand, it's Behia Karup, our um, chief people officer. So both are super interesting characters. I could really um, <laughs> recommend them. And maybe you could also talk to Franziska von Becker. She was the former CPO of Amp Angels. And now she's working for Hachmeister and Partner. But she's also a really, wow, person, uh, which I could really highly recommend for you. Yeah, okay. I, I follow up with you on that um, because I already have a full guest list. But I, I'm. this is also how I, I'm collecting my guests because I think it's so, it's the, it's the, The beauty of organic growth of the podcast. <laughs> it is, it is, definitely. Okay, Juliane, um, thank you so much for um, taking the time. It was a pleasure. It was my pleasure as well. <laughs>